Welcome to Crime Colts and Coffee. I'm Kelsey. Witches. I'm Bryn. <laughs> I can't snap. <laughs> I literally just fake snapped in the mic and Bryn was the one that you heard. <laughs> I have movie quality snaps. I don't know how to. It just never worked for me. Well, I think my nails kind of help me out too. You they think? give me that extra like snap. sound yeah. thing. I can never snap. It's a thing. <laughs> Aww. Carson's been trying to teach me for years. Well, Carson can't curl his tongue. So. True. There we go. It's we even. all have our quirks. We're even. <laughs> we're, we're equals now. <laughs> all right. So we're back. By the time you're hearing this, I get married tomorrow. Kelsey's <laughs> wedding is tomorrow. <laughs> I am freaking out. Not really. I'm really excited about it. I'm just trying to get all, like, the little details together, mm-hmm. and it's... It's um, going to be beautiful and perfect yeah. no matter what. It yeah. is. It is. It's going to be great. Because it's you and Carson. That's yeah, so... Every, and when you're driving up, because I know there's probably, it's basically everybody that's coming to the wedding has to drive, mm-hmm. just turn on this episode, and you can listen to me talking on your listen way Listen to us. <laughs> While you're driving to my wedding. Yeah. And you know what, Kels, if you get stressed out at all, Carson should just try, look at you and try to curl his tongue, and you should look at him and try to snap. And then we and should just get over it. Better. And then we'll be even and fine. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, but I'm excited. It'll be an exciting weekend. Yeah. Can't wait. Yeah. Can't but wait. props to Bryn, though, because I I feel like with all the craziness girl going on right now, I feel like I've had to, like, pull back a little bit on podcasting stuff, and she's picking up everything. It's so, fine. I get no, it. It's fine. But she's doing a lot, so just recognize that. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. And recognize the fact that you've been planning your wedding, and that's... <laughs> A lot in itself. It I is. totally get it. It is. No worries. Yeah. But, but uh, another fun thing, I <laughs> I was in the state of Alabama for all of 28 hours. Yeah, how was that? It was good. Um, I went for business, and I was, I had, I'm not going to lie, the night before I had some anxiety because I haven't flown in two years now. Oh, yeah, I forgot you flew. Yeah. Shit. But. How was the airport and everything? It was so great. Like, better than expected. I really shouldn't have been stressing at all. Yeah. Um, They have all the precautions put into place. And then, like, on the plane itself, it was only me and my father-in-law in a row together. So, oh, like, good. no one was around us. Yeah. Really? Yeah. That's good. Yeah. And it was good, but a very, very tiring, tiring <laughs> trip. And Did we were in the middle of nowhere. Uh, kind of. I barely ate there, though, because oh my apparently God. they don't have food I can eat in Alabama. What is it, all chicken? Like, fried stuff. Oh, God. And then the one place, well, we just kind of lucked out, like, didn't luck out, I should say. The one place we went to for lunch the one day was very low on things, and all I ended up having was a little bowl of, like, lettuce and a <laughs> slice of garlic bread. What? But that night, the people that we, the business partners that we were meeting with, made a beautiful dinner for us. So that oh, was that's nice. Good. But a little bowl of lettuce. <laughs> yeah, a little bowl. Jesus of Christ! Because we were in the middle of fucking nowhere, Alabama. So literally, you have very limited options. We ate at a at a college cafeteria for lunch. What? That's the closest thing. What was the college? I don't even know. Some kind of community college or some shit. Oh my god. Timo's like. Did they come up to you and ask you to party later that night? I was like, no. Kurt's like, yeah. (laughs) But we stayed in, oh my gosh, it was so cool. We stayed in the coolest cabin. I'll show you pictures. Yeah, I need to still see these. It, 
it was beautiful, but at the same time, I was a little scared at night because it was very last house on the left <laughs> and no cell phone service. Like, none at all when you got to the house? No. Ew. None in the area. What if there was an emergency? Yeah. It's yeah. fucking scary. I found a spot somehow in the house that I was able to call Timo that night. Yeah. But it was because they said I had AT&T, Verizon doesn't work at all in that area. Thank God. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah. But good times. Just thought I should let the listeners know what I was up to this week. Right? That's interesting. <laughs> yeah. But besides that, just been busy, you know? Same yeah. Same shit. I know. Trying to get all this stuff done. Trying. I got my, I went to get my hair done today. Shout out Shanna. Beautiful. She Shout did Shanna. so good. Shanna's awesome. She's amazing. Um, so yeah, we did that. Um, we had a drive to Pennsylvania today to get our drive, to get our driver's license, to get our marriage license. license. (laughs) That's what I, um, played on the way. (laughs) No, but we had to drive separately too. So we were just, Oh no, I was just following him. Why? Did he have to go to work after? We both, well, he had to go to work after and I had to go to my hair appointment after and it was opposite directions kind of. Oh my God. So I was following him the whole way and just had him on speakerphone. So it was like we were in the car. And we get to the courthouse at, like, 8.25 because it opened at 8.30. Yeah. And they were, like, 8.30. I was, like, I'm going to stand right here. Oh, my God. They were, like, okay. I was, like, I'm going to be the first one. They were, (laughs) like, okay. (laughs) Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It's so fun. fun. It's crazy how you've had to drive, like, crazy distance to do, like, little simple things I will say, if any of you listeners are getting married, never. If I could fix one thing... (laughs) It would be to get married in the state that I'm living in. Yeah. Because it has been insane. With like, going back and forth. Going back and forth to Pennsylvania and, like, trying to make sure everything's, like, just for, like, the fittings and everything. Yeah, it's you've really done hard. so much driving these last couple months. Yeah, so if I have any suggestions as far as wedding planning goes, it's make sure everything is remotely <gasps> in the same area. <laughs> Because if not, you're going to be driving, like, fucking crazy. Oh, God. Yeah. Thanks for that, Kel. So anytime. I'll heed your advice anytime. the second time around. Yeah, I could just, I'll put some, so a little tip, tip thing on our Instagram. Yes. Yeah. By the second time around, I don't mean I'm getting divorced from Timo. I mean, we're having another wedding match. They got divorced and they're getting remarried. <laughs> yeah. In a year. For the no. hell of it. Just for the heck of it. Yeah, All no. right. You Are we ready for our coffee our review? Coffee? Yeah, yeah, some people might have turned this off by now. Sorry. But it's fine. It's fine. So today we are reviewing a coffee from a really cute coffee place called Edgar Allan Joe. And how perfect is this for spooky season? How fucking cute is I'm that obsessed. name? I'm obsessed. I'm obsessed. The name is what drew us in. Yeah. Honestly, how freaking cute is that? And that's such a good idea for a coffee shop. Mm-hmm. And they're little, oh my gosh, I'm looking at their merch right now. They have a picture of Edgar Allan Poe sipping coffee. <laughs> On one of their logos. So cute. Or, like, one of their crew necks. How cute is that? So cute. Yeah, I think that's their... It looks like that that's their logo. Yeah. So, go check out their website. It's edgarallenjoenj.com, like New Jersey. And their Instagram is edgarallenjoecoffee. They sent us two bags. You'll be hearing about them again, but I'm going to talk a little bit about their... About me on their website here. So it says, at a young age, Edgar Allan Joe owner Dylan Cafiro knew he had a love of people and conversations. In 2012, Cafiro had a unique opportunity to work for Walt Disney World in Orlando, Florida. Cool. That experience solidified that putting smiles on people's faces and making them happy was his passion. 
Fast forward a few years, and Kafira would end up working for a coffee shop where inspiring these smiles was much of the part of the business as the brew. The multi-sensory experience would leave an incredible mark on him. The unique sounds of milk frothing and grinding of single-origin bag of Sumatra, the many conversations heard throughout the cafe. I feel like I'm in there when I'm reading this. <laughs> yeah. The smell of fresh espresso filling his nose the moment it was pulled the sight of seeing someone smile after the first sip of coffee, the warmth of the cup, headed to eager customer ready to start their day, thanks to him. One day it just clicked for Kefiro. That was it. This is what he wanted to do. That's how he can make his pers- his passion a reality. In June of 2020, Kefiro was let go from his job due to COVID-19. This serendipitous turn of events led Kefiro to, a leap, to make a leap and start his dream business. And just like that... Edgar Allan Joe was officially born in 2020. I have chills because that was divine intervention. It really was. Dylan, it was divine intervention. Yeah, I am so glad you were let go of that job to create this yeah. passion, which is obviously, like, a calling for you in life. Yeah. And it may, I can tell, like, just from the pictures that he's in, he's so happy doing this. Aww. Look how Aww. sweet his little pup is. Oh, my gosh. I love it. I love that. He also says on his website that they try to sh- um, make the smallest batches that they can so everything can be really fresh and it's not, like, kept around for a while. Um, so, yeah, I think that's really cool as well. Wow. Oh, my gosh. I am so excited that this coffee company fell in, like, we were Came able to, to us. Yeah, that we were I able know. to connect with. Again, us. divine like, intervention. Yes, again. Yeah. So, today's coffee that we're drinking is the Raven Roast. Ooh. To quote the Raven, nevermore. Nevermore. <laughs> I think that's how it would say it. Yes, nevermore. So, it says it has notes of praline and lemon. So, again, you, like, you had some sort of premonition here. It. Yes, because if everyone remembers, I was talking about wanting praline coffee a few episodes ago. And we literally opened up the box today and Brent's like, praline! <laughs> oh my god, it's fucking it's praline! praline. <laughs> it's praline. So, it came as whole bean, so we were able to grind it down. Yeah. And what are you thinking about this coffee? So, I want to start by saying that we are learning a shit ton about coffee from doing this podcast. And... We recently discovered, not recently, I guess it was kind of like a thing that we've learned, um, but coffee taste changes a lot as the temperature changes Mm -hmm. of the coffee. So I feel like initially this coffee tasted, like when it was really hot, it tasted a bit bitter for me, but since it's been cooling down, the bitterness is like almost completely gone. Yeah, so note to those drinking coffee, here's a new fun fact from Crime Colts and Coffee, try that before ruling out a coffee right away because we have we actually a couple episodes ago the s'mores coffee we we reviewed tasted a little better after it cooled down yeah so just give it like different temperatures you can even try it iced and see if it's like better for you because we didn't even think to do that Mm -hmm. and recently we're like oh my god what temperature is that (laughs) shout out paul from cars thank you for the tip (laughs) shout out paul we had no idea (laughs) yeah (laughs) Uh, okay, so what, what are you taste? thinking? I definitely taste the praline, which makes me very too. happy, because remember last time I basically said, like, slap me, slap my ass and call me praline. Yeah, <laughs> literally. I taste it, too. It's like a nutty, earthy... Yes. Taste. It's delicious. Yeah. I don't taste the lemon mm. as much, 
the praline is more there for me, but that might yeah. just be my taste buds. Yeah, I and I did you mention what type of roast this is? Um, I think they mentioned to us it was a dark roast. Yes, um, I believe. And I was gonna say it's definitely it's definitely a strong coffee. Yes, it is a dark roast. Yeah, it tastes like one. It doesn't taste. It has. It's very full bodied. Yes. It's not like watered down or anything like that. I really like this coffee. I do too. It's very like. Sorry for the silence. I'm sipping. I feel (laughs) like you're gonna. I don't know. I feel like with some coffees, you take a first sip and you're like, this isn't gonna do shit for me. Like this one. Is going to do, like, good in the caffeine department, yeah. I feel like, for me. I almost feel like there's a little bit of a nutty yeah. taste. Like, earthy. Yeah, and I we mentioned this a long time ago. I don't even know what episode to refer back to this, but I said in another episode how a coffee that we were drinking almost tasted like there was a shot of espresso in it without the espresso. Like, it was just more concentrated. Yeah, it... This reminds me a little bit of that as well. Like, it almost has that little espresso boost to it. Yeah, like a a zing or something. Yeah. I really enjoy this one. I do, too. What would you rate it? I think I'm going to rate this one a 8.5. I was going to do 8. Yeah. (laughs) I swear to God, we have the same exact taste buds. We have the same palette. I'm in my head. I'm like, 8, 8, 8. Really? You just... Freaking brainwashed. Me. I manifested it to Bryn's <laughs> head and she picked up on it. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm glad because also a man- manifestation between us. We were saying a couple episodes with the shitty pumpkin spice coffee that we really want good coffees again. And yeah. here we are. That was poop water. <laughs> Straight up poopy. So here we are. Thank you, Edgar Allen Joe. Thank you so much. You'll be hearing from them again um, with the other coffee that they sent us, which I'm so excited to try. I know. I cannot wait because the Raven Roast was delicious. I know. And I want to meet Dylan. He looks cool as shit. Look at these pictures. <laughs> I can't Go on to his website. Well... We'll add him to our coffee tour. Yeah. Dylan, you've Dylan, been added and your we're pup coming better for be you. there. Your pup better be there. Bring the dog. <laughs> okay, are we ready? Yeah. All right. So, so grab, grab your coffee, coffee and have, have a morning with us. us. All right, guys. So in honor of spooky season, we are doing another Haunted Places. So excited. Haunted this Places. This is our fifth one. I know. Haunted Places 5. And you know what? You said in last week's episode, maybe next week we'll do something like Haunted Places. I did, and I had no idea, because I was like, last week, if you remember, was fucking terrible, and I was like, you know, maybe we need something, like, we can poke fun at, almost, for Haunted Places. And here we are. And And we're here. Yes. So I'm going to start. My first Haunted Place is called Pluckley Village. Ooh. Never heard of it. Nope. I literally, when I was researching, I was like... Hmm, what should I type in? Because I feel like for haunted places, I type in all the same things. So yeah. I typed in, like, the most haunted, scariest location in the United- <laughs> or in the world or something. <laughs> and these two came up, so. I'm sure that really narrowed down your I think Google it search. <laughs> I think the added scary in there yeah. just really helps. The E-S-T to the end of, or I-E-S-T to the, the end scariest. of scary. <laughs> okay, so Pluckley Village is located in Kent, England. It is known as the most haunted village in Britain. Ooh. In 1998, the Guinness Book of World Records recognized this village has the most haunted, recognized it as the most haunted village in Britain with a total of 12 frequent spirits slash ghosts that come around. Okay, I want to go here. Yeah, I know. Maybe. I haven't heard the whole thing yet. I'm getting ahead of myself. I don't know. I feel like they're pretty chill. So... There's lots of reported spirits that roam, like, throughout the village. And apparently, like, the landscape of this village is just beautiful in general. Mm. So I kind of do want to go. 
The village is said to be a center of increased magnetism, and it has been known that paranormal activity happens in these types of areas. Yes, it does. So, if you remember the story I said about the hotel situation, remember with Carson and the the gravitational pull? I looked at him when I was researching. I was like, you were right. The magnetism. It was the magnetism. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so now I'm going to talk about the spirits that roam through this village. The first one is called the Screaming Man of the Brickworks. So this man died when a drying clay wall (sighs) fell on him. Oh my god, that is awful. Yeah, so if you go through the brickworks, which is like where they, you know, built the build, like built the masonry and everything, it's said that you can hear his screams throughout the brickworks. Oh, yeah, I don't like that one. I know, and it's like apparently really horrifying. Oh. So the next spirit is Watercress Lady. And this is a woman that used to live in the village, and she used to sell watercress for a living. She was drinking whiskey when a spark from a pipe she was smoking caught the alcohol on fire and then caught her on fire. So, what are the fucking odds? That yeah. is some, um, uh, why can't I think of the movie right now? I'm blanking. Final Destination. Yes. I know. That is Final Destination type shit. Yeah, so she's like pissed that that happened, obviously, and she roams the village now. Oh, my God. Can you just imagine, like, seeing all these people? I'll get into it more. She was just enjoying her whiskey and her pipe. pipe. I know. That's really sad. She was said to be, like, a gypsy woman. Yeah. I don't like... Aw. Okay, the next person is Lady Daring, and she's also known as the Red Lady. She was a member of the Daring family, and I don't really get this part, but I put it in there. She was said to be buried in seven lead coffins inside of an oak coffin in St. Nicholas's Church. I think it had something to do with, like, they thought it was, like, more protection or something like that. Hmm. So her her body wouldn't decompose as much. Okay. It was said that her child was stillborn and she died shortly after from a broken heart. Oh, that's sad. Yeah. So when you go to this church, people have said that they see a dancing light in the window of the chapel. Like, a, like almost like an apparition of somebody dancing oh. in the window. And she was said to be buried with a red rose in her coffin, hence the name, the Red Lady. And she was, you you can see her searching for her stillborn child for the grave. I wonder if, if she is buried in seven lead coffins inside an oak one, if she's like mummified. I know. And if the rose is mummified. I don't want to find out, but I would love to know. Like, I don't want to look for myself. Yeah. But... I know. I wonder, like, if that actually did anything, if that is true. I know. And that must have cost them a lot of money back then. Right? Wow. They were like, let's just throw it all in here. Wow. So the next, um, is a, the next spirit is also Lady Daring, but this is a different person. This mm-hmm. is the White Lady. And she's also a member of the Daring family, and it was thought to be either the mother or the sister of the Red Lady. Wow. She was a wife of the Baron who owned... Um, a lot of the area of this village at the time. And she's said to be seen, like, roaming through the library. I would like to see her. I know. That's really cool. I just, I don't know. I feel like all of these people, like, I don't know. Could you just imagine, like, knowing all this and then going and, like, seeing them? Them? Yeah. Yeah, just, like, roaming through. So cool. So the next one is Robert Dubois, and he's known as the Highwayman. He operated in the Stewart area, which was outside of Pluckley, 
And he's said to hide... This part freaks me the fuck out. Oh he was said to hide behind a tree on the corner of, like, a road and jump out to scare people as they, like, drove by. Wait, when he was living or When he was spirit? living. Okay. Okay. Some articles say that he would actually jump out and rob people when they turned the corner. So it was, like... That's a big difference. Conflicting. <laughs> I know. The corner gained the name of Fright Corner. He was said to have been killed by thieves with a spear that they threw at him while he was, like, hiding behind the tree. Um, and you can, like, it's reported that people, when people drive by, you can see him, like, pinned to the tree <gasps> with this spear. But he also fucking jumps out of the corner as a spirit and scares people, apparently, when you drive around the corner. That's scary. I don't know if I like I want to see this corner. The tree's no longer there, they said. But, because it was like this big oak tree that he would hide Aww. behind. The tree's no longer there, but he's still, apparently his spirit jumps out in front of like, That's people. That's a horrific way to die, though, if he died by being like speared Yeah, to a by tree. other thieves that were like coming through the area. They must have been like threatened by him or something because oh he was God. also a thief. Apparently. Wow. Allegedly. Allegedly. Sorry, Robert. <laughs> All right. So the next one and this one, I don't know why it's so fucking eerie to me. There's a horse and carriage that, so occasionally a dark carriage driven by horses drives around the village at high speeds and oh it's near an area called the Maltman's Hill. Could you fucking imagine? That reminds me of, like, the headless horseman, but yes. in carriage form. Yes, but, like, in modern day... Ew, I don't want One woman reportedly saw this while she was driving home, like, recently, and said that she saw the carriage drive past her with just a bright light coming from the windows when it passed, but she couldn't, like, see into what it was. Just like It was just, like, a bright light shining out from the windows. What the hell? And she was like, what the fuck was that? <laughs> Isn't that weird? Yeah. Did I ever tell you this? Sorry to go off topic for a second. Did I ever tell you the story of the weird-ass car I saw one night on Shades of Death Road? Yeah. Oh, it looked like a hearse? Yes. It looked like an old-fashioned Adams Family style. See how I tied that back in there with our song? (laughs) (laughs) Um, But for real, it looked like an old-fashioned Adams Family style hearse. Ew. And I was driving home late one night when I was teaching, and it was in the middle of the road across the road. Like, if I hadn't been paying attention, I really could have hit it because it was around a bend. It was literally just parked there? In the middle of the road. And then I was like, what the fuck? I was, like, freaking out, and I drove around it, just kept going, so I'm like, that's weird as shit. And then I, after, like, halfway down the road, I'm like, wait, was that real? That was definitely fucking an apparition. It was weird. It was weird. For all of you that don't know, Shades of Death Road is, like, the most haunted road ever in the area. In New Jersey. Yeah. Yeah, and I used to take it to work every day. Ew. It was definitely an apparition hearse, not a real one. Well, I wasn't about to drive my car straight through it and see, but... Right? Maybe next time. It was weird. Like, it was very... It was old-fashioned, and I was like, what the heck with this person's across the middle of the road? Yeah, why was it parked in the middle? Yeah. That's weird. Yeah. But that reminds me kind of like that, where there's just right? like this eerie, old-fashioned old. thing. And Imagine like hearing the horse foot, <sighs> like horse feet coming. Did you say it was black horses? Yeah. Like dark. It said it was dark. Yeah. I, um, that's what I'm picturing. Me too. Like, like bl- flying big through. Big black Clydesdales mm-hmm. with like the feathers on the ends of their hooves. Yeah. On their, t- on their yeah. feet. Yeah. Yeah. 
Wow. So, there is a location called Black Horse Inn, and apparently, weird, it's called Black Horse <gasps> Inn. I just realized that. Stop. <laughs> oh, my God. Maybe we're envisioning it, because that's what they want. Because it like. really was a black horse. <laughs> oh, God. I didn't even notice. Oh, my God. <laughs> apparently, there was a spirit in there, so this is an inn. Apparently, there was a spirit that used to play pranks on people, and it the spirit liked to move cutlery, glasses on shelves, and other things around the room. And apparently there is a cold spot in the kitchen of, like, the pub. And, like, everybody knows that, like, this cold spot is there. Ew. Yeah. So it's, like, I don't know if they associate with that. So apparently the landlord of this inn has been reportedly locked out of the building multiple times. That's and there's <laughs> I know, right? The spirit's like, fuck you, you slumlord. JK, I don't know you. I don't know who your landlord is. Slumlord. <laughs> slumlord. <laughs> Um, but there's always complaints about people that come to the inn about their dogs barking at random things. How do ours always have things in common? Is it the same? Mine has barking dogs. Ew. It's one of mine. I yeah. think my first one, yeah. Ew. <laughs> so in November of 1997, there was a new owner and she was sitting at the bar and she noticed, she said she couldn't even believe what she was looking at. She was just looking at a shelf, and there was a glass bottle on the shelf, and it was slowly sliding towards the edge, and right before it was about to fall off, it just halted, stopped, and that was it. But, like, how fucking creepy, like, watching it slowly slide to the end. That's so weird. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, gosh. Okay, so there's a few more spirits. The Phantom of of Pinox, and this was Richard Buss, that was the, the guy's name, there was a windmill nearby called the Pinox, and the windmill was destroyed in a fire when struck by lightning, but a phantom in all black is seen before a storm there now, and they're thinking it's Richard Buss as, like, a phantom yeah. that comes before storms because the lightning storm is what burnt down the windmill. This is all so dark. I know. This village, I feel like... And almost gothic, like... That's why, like, when I looked it up, it was like, this is the most haunted, but, like, because horrific thing ha- horrific things yeah. happened. Wow. Yeah. Um, Lady of Rose Court, this spirit was thought to be a mistress of the Daring family, and it haunts a house called Rose Court. She committed suicide by eating poisonous berries, and she's said to be heard calling out for her two dogs. She, she was allegedly caught in a love triangle, and that's why she decided to commit suicide. Wow. Yeah. That's really sad. Henry Turf was the headmaster of Smarden School. He used to go to Pluckley every Sunday to visit a friend, and one Sunday he was found after he hung himself in a tree by a group of students, actually. <gasps> yeah. He is said to be seen hanging there, like his spirit. And a journalist said that he saw him hanging there in a green blazer and striped pants when he went to the area to, wow, like, look around. Wow, that's very specific. I know. Like, I wonder if he actually wore that. Yeah, if there's, like, a picture of him somewhere wearing like that. Like, hanging. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um, the Screaming Woods. This isn't a spirit, but this part freaked me out. The woods directly next to the town of Pluckley were very, like, dense and it said, they were actually call, originally called the Daring Woods, so the, the Daring family pretty much owned the entire village. Uh-huh. Um, but at night, it said that you can hear screaming of the people that got lost and died in the woods. That's how dense they were. What the fuck? Yeah. Could you imagine just, like, taking a stroll near these woods and, like, hearing people screaming in there? 
Because they're lost. Yeah. And now their spirits are just continually they're like, just what the screaming. fuck? Yeah. Oh, my. That's like the Forbidden Forest in Harry Potter. <laughs> A little bit, yeah. Like, I feel like, why would you even go in there? I feel like their spirits are, like, stuck there. Like, they can't cross over. They're stuck there for some reason. Maybe they're just still trying to find their way out. Like, trying to get out. They think they're still yeah. alive. Yeah. Yeah. I know, which is really sad. It reminds me of the season of American Horror Story where they're all stuck at that camp because they die at the camp. Yes. That's what I pictured when I heard this. And some of them don't realize that they're dead. Yeah. Yeah. Until, like, they're like, oh, no, like, that's why you can't leave. What the hell? Yeah. This Why would you even go in the forest? Why would you even go in the woods in the first place, though, when you know that happens and that's, like, a thing? Maybe it's, like, little kids or, like, kids that are, like, oh, Oh, don't say kids. Well, like, you know, teenagers that are, like, let's Uh just go. Like, this will be funny. Maybe they smoked herbs in the woods. All kinds of rosemary and shit. (laughs) (laughs) Just smoked up the rosemary in the 14th century. (laughs) Okay, a couple more. The Blacksmith Forge Tea Room. This one creeps me out. The building was originally built in the 14th century, and it was then transformed to an alehouse and is now a tea room. How fucking cute is that? I like that. The current owner, Gloria Atkins, has multiple paranormal happenings while she lived there. She actually, like, moved in. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Can you visit this place? Or is it her home? I don't... I think it's, like, part her home, part a tea room. I want to go there. Yeah. I don't know if it's still... I don't know if it's, like visitable or I don't know we'll have to look into it okay so there are two specific apparitions that make themselves known to Gloria and one is a maid that stands by the fire and slowly rotates the pit oh isn't that weird okay (laughs) like a maid just like standing there rotating the pit another choosing to do in her afterlife right just like continuing her work the other one is a cavalier who has been seen to go up and down the stairs, just, like, pace wow. up and down. I'd be Still fucking freaked out. Still just living life. Yeah. Like, I feel like everybody in this town is just stuck there. Wow. She also said that one day in November of 1997, she was in the back room when she heard the door open and a chair slide out from a table. So she grabbed a pad of paper to go take the customer's order. Mm-hmm. But when she went out to the front room... Nobody was there, and the chair had clearly been, like, moved back like somebody was sitting there. So, like, the ghost wanted some tea. That's similar to another one that I have. Really? Yes. What the fuck? Yes. And they overlap, <laughs> I swear. Wow. Is that I weird? really want to go there. I like the tea room. I'm going to look into it and see if we can go. It's in England, so it's a bit of a so trek. So we can go. But it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Edward Brett is the last spirit that is said to have haunt Pluckley Village. He was a farmer in the area in the 1900s and he reportedly gave his wife 15 shillings and a penny to each of his children and then whispered into his wife's ear, quote, I will do it. What? And then he committed suicide. (gasps) No. So it's said that he haunts the area and people can hear him whisper, I will do it. No. Yeah. That's really sickening. I know. It was, I think, at a um, a local, like, deli or butcher no. shop that he went and did this at. But how Aww, fucking creepy. That makes me sad, and I don't like that one. I know. I don't want to hear him whispering that. I know. Like, I just want to go through this town just to see what happens. <sighs> how fucking crazy. I want to see parts of it, but then I don't want to... Not this 
scary bad parts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All the bad the dark things. horses with the dark carriage, so it would be pretty cool. I'm not gonna if, lie. As long as they just, like, kept on moving, I wouldn't care. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe Johnny Depp would be steering it. Oh, my God. <laughs> that would be a dream. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, my first one is called the Bonaventure Cemetery. Ooh. This is located in Savannah, Georgia. Savannah is so historic. Yeah, and very, very haunted. Yeah. I want to go on the ghost tours that they have there. I went to fucking Savannah and didn't realize, like, I, I was stupid, Okay, well, I guess. we must go. Yeah. I actually, when I flew this week, I flew into Atlanta, Georgia. Oh, did you really? Yeah, but didn't experience it at all. <laughs> Just kind of in and drove out. on to Alabama. Excuse me as I plucked the fly out of my coffee. Oh, God, I haven't even been looking. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so it's located in Savannah, Georgia, along the Wilmington River. Savannah has been referred to as America's most haunted city. Yes. So, we're going. We're going. This cemetery is more than 150 years old. Mm. It was, I'm going to tell you a little bit of background about it first, so you can kind of get the gist of what's going on there. Okay. So, it was once a plantation and became a cemetery in 1846. It began as a small family plot on the 600-acre plantation. It was owned by John Mulrine and his son-in-law, Josiah Tatnall. The Revolutionary War happened, around, like, while they were there. Yeah. And Mulrine and Tatnall were in allegiance to England and were basically banished from Georgia. Oh, my God. So, the plantation was left. Yeah. So... In 1782, all Loyalist property in Georgia was auctioned, so their land was auctioned off. And in 1788, Bonaventure was reclaimed. At this point, it wasn't Bonaventure, but it was reclaimed by the Tatnall family. Mm -hmm. Josiah Tatnall Jr., who was the grandson of the original owner, purchased back back his grandfather's plantation. Oh, cool. Yeah, so they were able to get it back, yeah. Eventually, he was buried in the family burial ground, along with his wife and six of his nine children. Damn. So, they kind of started this burial ground on the plantation, but at first, it was just family. Okay. So, it wasn't, like, a full-blown cemetery. They were, like, so wealthy, they just had, like, a cemetery on their land? Yeah. Okay. So, in... This land was in the Tatnall family until 1846... And it was sold by Josiah Tatnall III. And Peter Wiltberger then bought the property and agreed to maintain the family plot. Like, that wasn't even part of the contract. He just said he would do that, which is so nice. Yeah. Yeah. About one year later, it was established, or he established the Evergreen Cemetery of Bonaventure. And this included 70 acres of land to the now public burial ground. So he... Turned it into this public burial ground. From the family. From the family plot. So they were still part of it, Mm -hmm. but he kind of extended that. Okay. So in 1907, the city of Savannah bought Evergreen Cemetery and renamed it Bonaventure Cemetery. And in 2001, it was put on the National Registry of Historic Places. Oh. So it's like protected. Coolio. Yeah. It was featured in the novel Midnight in the Garden of Good and Evil by John Barrent, and the picture, or a picture of the cemetery is actually seen on the book's cover. I'm gonna look it up And this is how it became, like, well-known, 
was from this book, basically. Like, people frequented the area before then, but they said so much traffic came in after it was seen on the book and talked about in the book, because people were like, wow, this place is fucking beautiful. Holy shit. Yeah, it's fucking beautiful. The Spanish moss is real. Yeah. Oh my god. So, I have the chills, because it's just, it's an incredible place. So, this book was published in 1994... And it was actually just like a brief little summary. It was the story. The story was about an antiques dealer on trial for the murder of a male sex worker. So it's a murder story. If anyone's interested, (laughs) yes, I'm actually gonna have to read that. Yeah, it sounds really cool. Yeah, it was then. Sorry, I'm gonna burp. It was then adapted into a film in 1997, which was directed by Clint Eastwood. Oh, damn. So I have to ask my dad if he's seen it, because he's obsessed with Clint Eastwood. He probably has. Well, he directed it, or he was in it? He directed it. I don't know if he was in it. Usually he's in most of the films he directs, so probably. true. So the cemetery, and this is a quote from cntraveler.com, quote, has a southern gothic atmosphere with Spanish moss giving shade to time-worn Victorian mon- monuments. Sorry, I blew your spot no, with Spanish No, it's okay, which sounds like literally a place I would want to live. It is gorgeous. Southern gothic, Spanish moss, Victorian monuments, say no more. I'll be there. I'm there. Honestly, I'm moving in. it looks like a venue. It doesn't even look like a cemetery. It's gorgeous. It's so pretty. Yeah. It has magnolia, dogwood, and oak trees in it. Damn. Azaleas, which I love. What it's, are azaleas? Look, look up a picture. You'll know exactly what they okay. are. <laughs> it's considered to be one of the most beautiful cemeteries in the country, and some consider it the, the most beautiful in the world. I want to go there. Yeah. So, John Mercer, who's a singer, and Conrad Aiken, who is a poet, are both buried there. Oh my god. There are also army generals, a famous local photographer, governors, actors, a navy captain, and other, like, writers that are among the many graves within there. Mm-hmm. And there's also a six-year-old girl named Gracie Watson. Oh. Yeah. So, now's where I'm going to talk about Gracie, because she's a huge part of Gracie. the cemetery and the hauntings that surround the cemetery. Oh. Yeah. So, a little bit of background on Gracie. She's also known as Little Gracie. Isn't that cute? I freaking love that. I know. Little Gracie. I know. She was born July 10th, 1883, which is weird. That's my wedding date. So many overlapping yeah. things. Yeah. July 10th. July 10th, 18, not 1883. But, <laughs> but. You sure? Yeah. But, you know. Um, so, she was born that date in Massachusetts. She was the daughter of Wales J, or also known as uh, W.J., and Francis Watson. They managed what was known as the Pulaski Hotel on Johnson Square, and this hotel no longer exists, but the area is part of the story, so that's why I mentioned it. Okay. She loved to play in the hotel to entertain the guests and to play by the trees in Johnson Square. Mm. She entertained the guests by dancing and singing. Gracie. Yeah. And she became the quote-unquote unofficial greeter of the hotel. Shut up. Yeah. Like, everyone knew her. They all loved her. Yeah. She was so cute. She was also known as being, like, very energetic. She was kind of just, I mean, typical six-year-old, but, like, all over the place. (laughs) (laughs) 
So April 23rd, 1889, she died of pneumonia. Oh, God. And this was two days before Easter. Oh. Yeah. Crazy. A statue was then carved in her honor. Her father had sculptor John Walls create a depiction of Gracie. So he literally used a photograph of her to create the statue. And it's life-sized and carved out of marble and apparently looks like just like her. Oh my god. I'm gonna go look at it. Isn't that cute? Yeah. That's insane. Part of the statue, her hand is actually resting on a tree stump. This was, like, so beautiful and well thought out. It's resting on a tree stump representing her life being cut short. Oh, my God. She is so cute. Yeah. You need to look up the picture of the tree stump. Yeah, we'll make sure to post it for you guys. (gasps) Yeah. Oh, my God. She's so cute. Yeah. So, her father became really depressed after her passing, and the family picked up and moved back to New England. Yeah. And... People continue now to place flowers, coins, and toys by the statue for her, and a fence is actually now around the statue to protect it Mm. from harm, whether intentional or unintentional, unintentional or, like, weathering and and whatever from laying stuff against it, so... All right, so now getting to the hauntings. And hold on one second while I plug my phone in, because it just said 10%. Warning. (laughs) So, regarding Gracie, after her passing, her mom and some Pulaski house staff said they could hear her laughing and playing. Oh, at least she's happy. Yeah. And the place where the hotel used to be still has ghost sightings. Some visitors of the graveyard have claimed to see Gracie's ghost near her grave. Oh. Her ghost is said to greet people. Mm. So, she still, like, greets them as they come. Oh, my God. Either near her grave or in the hotel. Hi. Hi, everybody. Welcome. Yeah. Yeah. Good to see you. How are you? People have also said, and this is a little scary. Oh, God. People have also said they have seen, and quote, unquote, tears of blood streaming down from the angel's eyes. What the fuck? And that was a quote from Ghosts and Gravestones. Local legend says this will happen if you remove a toy from her statue. Oh my god, leave her toys. Yeah. Another says that if you remove a toy, you will hear her crying. Shut the fuck up. So, like, why would you intentionally do that, though, knowing that it obviously upsets her if that does happen? Oh god. Yeah, and I didn't write this down, but I had read that before the fencing was around it and stuff, obviously, like, when people saw this, some people tried to touch it, and they said there was, like no moisture or anything you just saw it so it was almost like a ghostly yeah (gasps) yeah (laughs) yeah that gives me the fucking chills no yeah so don't cry please don't cry and please don't cry blood (laughs) so another legend says and this is a quote from nightly spirits quote if you place a quarter in her hand and then circle around the statue three times then the quarter will disappear it's like a trick yeah a third legend says, and this is a quote from CBS News, quote, in the cold of winter when the moon is full, her cheeks are warm. Ooh. Isn't that interesting? Why are you touching the statue's <laughs> cheeks in the middle of winter? <laughs> Gracie, are you warm? <laughs> yeah. Her yeah. ghost has also been seen playing in Johnson Square. Oh, like she did when she was alive. Mm-hmm. So here's a quote from Ghost City Tours, quote, 
Her ghost has been seen playing in the square, running through the bushes, and even interacting with people. Most often, the reports come from someone who is quietly sitting on one of the benches in Johnson Square late at night. They will see a little girl, dressed in a white dress, running through Johnson Square. She doesn't make a sound, silently gliding through the space. Oh my god. Yeah, and a lot of people that have seen her, like her actual apparition, say she is wearing a white dress. Yeah. So here's some more spooky things aside from Gracie, even though hers isn't really... Gracie's hers happy. nice, yeah, um, that happen in the cemetery. There are strange sounds. People have heard a pack of dogs. <laughs> so here's where it ties back to yours. People have heard a pack of dogs snarling and barking, but no one has ever seen the dogs. Ew. Yeah. People have also felt the presence of dogs around them when this happens, even though there are none there. And some have even felt breath on their legs. What the fuck? Yeah. No. That's terrifying. Ew. Like the dog's warm (laughs) breath? breath? Yeah. Ew. Yeah. They're referred to as, quote unquote, the hellhounds. Yep. I'd say so. Mm Mm-hmm. And they're thought to guard the grounds. Okay. Which maybe that's not a bad thing, but if they're like actually coming from fucking hell, yes. <laughs> There's sent There's by Satan himself. Yeah. Uh, people have also heard a baby crying near an infant's gravesite. Oh god. Yeah. That's really sad, actually. Giggling children, which could be good or bad. Either someone like Gracie or demons. <laughs> and just themselves. laughter in general of like. Which is also kind of creepy. <laughs> like, we heard that time. Where? Remember when we went randonauting and I got that thing on video and we heard laughing when we were leaving? Oh my god. Straight up out loud and both of us looked at each other and we were like, Did you hear yeah. that? Yeah, that was fucking creepy. Yeah. We'll have to tell it. That's the story That's for the another story. time. <laughs> oh my god, I forgot about that. Yeah. So here's a little bit of creepiness as well. Statues grimace or smile when standing in front or near them. Nope. Allegedly. Allegedly. <laughs> Statues move around. Nope. So people have said, like, they'll pass a statue, and then they'll pass it again, and it's, like, facing a completely different way. What? Which I don't see how that's fucking possible. Or it'll be in, like, a different spot. Or, like, its hand is up yeah. instead of down. Yeah. Ew. And then there's also voices and audible laughter that have been caught on equipment from, like, ghost hunters. No. Yeah. See, I'll go in the daytime when it's nice and beautiful, but then I'm out. Yeah, there was one story in particular that I read where someone mentioned basically this voice was leading them to different places in the graveyard, and it eventually led them to, like, where Gracie would be. Oh. Yeah. It was her. Yeah. She said, come see my grave. Yeah. So, a little bit of info about the cemetery. It's not too much if you want to check it out. I mean, I included the website in our resources, but the... Bonaventure Cemetery is open from 8 to eight a.m. to 5 p.m. every day. Mm-hmm. So you cannot go at late at night, especially during spooky season. They're very strict about it. because, And that's probably why it's kept so beautiful. Mm-hmm. You know? No one vandalizing. Yep. So that's that. That's awesome. I like that one. Yeah. Now I want to go there. I, I never thought I'd want to visit a cemetery. I know. Same. And literally as soon as I saw the pictures, I was like, I need... To go to this place in it's my lifetime. Beautiful. 
Yeah. It's really beautiful. It's gorgeous. And we'll post the pictures of it again. But Definitely. So pretty. Wow, that was a good one. Thank you. So what do you have coming for us? I have the Ancient Ram Inn. Ooh, I've never heard of this either. This one is fucking weird, okay? I think it's because of how old it is. So it is known as one of the most haunted buildings in England. It was a former pub within the Stroud District, and the building's about 40 miles from Bristol, just to give you, like, an idea of geographically where it's at. I'm saying okay, like, yeah. Yeah, I know exactly. I know, right right down the highway. (laughs) The building has been around since 1145. Is that even how you say it? How do you even say dates that far back? I would think so. 1145? I mean, we say 2010, so... Right. Yeah. 1145. <laughs> so, whatever. <laughs> That's when the building has been around since. And wow. I know. It has... You need to look it up. The... The owners that have... There's been, like, hundreds of owners since then. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> I mean... Right. All those years. Yeah. So the most recent owner is, his name was John Humphreys, but he actually died in 2017. Aww. So. Rest in peace, John. Rest in peace, John. He was, I think in the 80s when he died. Aww. So when it was first built, the building was used to house masons that actually built a church nearby called St. Mary's. It was like right across the street. Mm-hmm. So they were just staying in there while they were building the church. It was then made into a public house, an inn, and a house. it housed a priest at one point. So it was used for a bunch of different things. Mm-hmm. The land that the building was built on or set, was said to have significantly high spiritual energy. Wow. It was said that the ley lines, and I'll tell, I'll tell you about what those are in a second, were directly traced to Stonehenge, which, which feeds the property's paranormal power. That's funny because as soon as you said ley lines before you went on, that's what I thought of was Stonehenge. Really? Yeah. Yeah, so ley lines, I didn't know what they were. In Europe, they basically are intentionally straight lines between historic structures and landmarks. So they were saying this had a direct line to that historic landmark. It was like all geographically. yeah, Yeah, but almost like... Why can't I think? Geometrical patterns in a way. Like intentional. Yeah. Yeah. So they were saying that the energy from there fed into the inn. Wow. Yeah. This building also is on top of a 5,000-year-old pagan burial ground, so I'm sure that didn't help. Okay, and there we are. (laughs) And that's why it's haunted. Yeah. You know what's weird? When you said significantly high spiritual energy, I was I was gonna say out loud, what yeah. is it buried on like a burial ground? Built on a burial ground, and yeah. And yeah. It is. Pagan burial ground. Yeah. So I'm gonna wow. get into the the rumor of the witch. So there are rumors of a witch that was burned at the stake in the late fifteen hundreds. She was said to have taken refuge in the ancient ram in in until she was captured and killed. The room where she took refuge is now called the witch's room. Wow. Yeah. At some point, too, we do have to cover Stonehenge. I know. Because that's an interesting one. I went into a deep dive with that one day, and there's so much information attached to that that I I never knew. I don't know much about it, but we should do it. Yeah. I started watching an episode of Ancient Aliens about it, (laughs) and I was like, holy shit. And then that's when I started going off online. Yeah. There is a lot. Like, That's cool. We should look we should. into it. Yeah. So the most recent owner, as I mentioned previously, was named John. He moved into the building in 1968. 
He said that he had a paranormal occurrence the first night he slept there. Wow. (laughs) This part freaks me out. He states that a demonic force grabbed his arm and drug him out of the bed across the room on the ground. Fuck no. John? No. Why did you not leave? John, why did you not nope the fuck out of there on your first night? I'm out. Yeah, for real, though. He was apparently very into preserving the building of his historical nature, but, like, John, come on. Wow. Yeah. So, inside the home, John said that he found evidence of ritual sacrifice and devil worship. I'm sorry. I'm laughing at all the typos in this right now. This reminds me of... The Fear Street movies. I don't know what. Netflix redid Fear Street, or did Fear Street based on the Goosebump books, but, like, adult. Oh. You watched all that through, did you? I think so, yeah. The ending of it, this reminds me of the last one. Like, like, very, very closely. It's fucking creepy. Why would you keep a place like this? What the fuck? So, he... He also said that he found remains of skeletons of children underneath of the staircase. What the fuck? Of this fucking house. There are the demon dogs. (laughs) They're here. (laughs) Yeah, so how fucking creepy is that? I'm disturbed. Yeah. Okay. He basically said that the remains he found were also next to, like, broken daggers that he assumed to be part of, like, these ritual sacrifices that happened in the house. How... I really hope this is not fucking true. He's just nonchalantly staying in this house with bones of children and yeah. stuff and, like, leaving it. I know. I don't know. I really That's hope that part's strange. not strange. That's very strange. As I mentioned, he died, but his daughter, Caroline, now owns it. And it remains open to visitors and tourists. So you can go for a, a ghosty <sighs> tour there. I don't know if I want to or not. I know. This place sounds pretty evil. Mm-hmm. So some paranormal stuff and visitor stories that have happened there. There is a former innkeeper's daughter that was actually hung in the attic. What? Her spirit is said to haunt the inn. So this part is even worse, though. The visitors say that while they're upstairs, they hear something heavy being dragged across <gasps> the floor. Like, above them in the attic. No, I don't like that. No. No. I'm scared. (laughs) I'm scared. Awkward silence because we're scared. There's been many orbs that were photographed in the building and a lot of occurrences with strange lights turning on and off. Visitors um, say that the minute you walk in, you can feel a horrible aura in the air. Mm. One visitor said, quote, I can only describe it as pure filth, dark, and heavy. No, I do not like that. Out. Nope, I'm not going. I'm done. I'm done. (laughs) The kitchen is called the men's kitchen. Don't know why. I feel like, I don't know, it's a weird name for a kitchen. (laughs) But it was the first room that you see when you walk in. And it's that part of the house is what's actually right above the burial ground. So people have said to her... Oh my god, this connects to yours too. People have said they heard a crying baby in that room. Why a crying baby if it was over a burial ground? I don't know. Maybe the baby died. No. I don't know. People going up the staircase to the first floor have been said to have been thrown up the (gasps) stairs by invisible hands. Oh. Why the fuck wouldn't you just, like, book it down the stairs and leave at that point? 
I would be so out. Or they might have two left feet like me and trip up the stairs. Right. <laughs> like, who did that? Yeah. The most haunted room in the house is said to be the bishop's room. One time, a medium was said to have walked in this room, and as soon as she opened the door, she was lifted <laughs> off the ground and thrown aclo- across the no, floor. No, all of a sudden, my chest hurts. I'm not. No, I'm, I'm never going to this place ever. No. Nope. I'm laughing because it's so weird. <laughs> Could you imagine? I would freak the fuck out. <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> Um, the reason why it's called the bishop's room is because apparently there's two monks that have been seen in the corner of this room. I don't know if they just hang out there, but that's why it's named that. I don't feel good. I don't. (laughs) And also there's an apparition of a dog that is said to be near the door with his shepherd. So that's just a little added bonus. I don't, that's probably, I'm sorry, one of the worst ones you've told to me. I know, because of the medium being dragged. Or no, the thrown. whole thing, I just don't like it all around. <laughs> Isn't it creepy? The medium as well, yes, but. But no, I everything. Don't, I don't, yeah, that's not a good place at all. Yeah, it is like. That scares me. I know. I need to show you a picture, because literally the architecture of this place, you can tell, is just like fucking ancient. Literally, hence the name Ancient Ram Inn. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I... T- get away now. <laughs> Turn it off. <laughs> I'm showing her pictures and she's freaking out. <laughs> I don't like this. So there's a lot of ghost shows about this. It's um, beautiful, but definitely bad energy. Yeah, not good energy. The building itself is beautiful. Look up if you want to see some of, like, Ghost Hunter episodes about it. <sighs> but that's the Ancient Ram Inn. Well, it can stay ancient and stay far away from me. And stay over there. (laughs) All right. So the last one that I'm telling today is Hotel Monte Vista. Have you ever heard of this? Where is it? It is in Arizona. I'm very dizzy. Really? Yeah. Did you eat anything today? Yes. Okay. I think I'm nervous from the one you just told. (laughs) Don't say that. You're going to freak me out. Um, have you ever heard of the Hotel Monte Vista? It sounds really familiar. Is it in, like, movies or... Mm, not that I know of. I feel like the name it's weird because really I had heard of this name as well, but I, I've definitely never heard of it until I researched it. Okay, no, I don't yeah. think I know. Okay, so a little bit of history about the place. It's located in Flagstaff, Arizona, which is northern Arizona, it's off historic Route 66, which I'm sure you've heard of Route 66. Yes. Yes. Okay. It's a two-hour drive north of, like, the Phoenix area, just so you know where it's at. Got it. Okay. North of Phoenix. Perfect. Because I know geography. <laughs> so, in the mid-1920s, tourism was on the rise in Flagstaff, and they wanted to create, quote-unquote, first-class accommodations for guests. Okay. Basically, all the stuff that they had, they said it was, like, very shoddy. And oh, Wouldn't draw people in and make people want to stay. Yeah. So, VM Slifer began fundraising in April 1926. And remember, this is in 1926. Okay. Money. Within one month, they had, or he had basically fundraised, fundraised, sorry, I can't talk, fundraised (laughs) approximately $200,000. What? Yeah, in one month. Holy shit. Yeah. There were investments of prominent citizens, including donations from the novelist Zane Gray. 
It is one of the few American hotels built entirely from public taxes. Jesus. Yeah. How did they get that much money? Yeah. Fundraising well, somehow and... I need his techniques. Publis- yeah, who knows? <laughs> So, they broke ground for the hotel June 8th, Carson's birthday. What the fuck? I was like, June 8th? Yeah. My head. I was like a dog. 1926. That was not the year Carson was born. Close. (laughs) It was a 73-room hotel. It incorporated the local post office at the time, the Monte V Cocktail Lounge, as it was known, and it housed the newspaper company Coco Nino Sun. Hmm. New Year's Day, 1927, the hotel opened. It was originally called the Community Hotel and eventually became Monte Vista. The name was actually chosen by a 12-year-old contest winner. Shut up. Yeah. Oh. Isn't that so cute? And that's a good name. I would have been like, Cupcake. The Monte Vista. Yeah. That's so cute. Yeah. The popular phrase of the time that many people would say after this hotel came about, and this is a quote from legendsofamerica.com, was, quote, meet me at the Monte V. Cute. Isn't that cute? I can't believe a 12-year-old came up with that. I'm still stuck on that. So here's another quote from um, hotelmontevista.com, which is their site. Quote, the Monte Vista continued to be the longest publicly held commercial property in Arizona until it was sold to a private investor in the early 1960s. It continues to be one of the oldest hotels in Flagstaff and is listed on the U.S. Registrar of Historic Places. So another historic place. Wow. I feel like when I hear all these things, I like, I have to picture exactly how Like going back in time. Yes. Yeah. I'm the same way. Like in my brain, I have this whole constructed hotel already of 73 rooms and like everything. Yeah. So there was a historic radio station that was broadcasted out of the hotel, which is also super cool. Mm Mm-hmm. The host was Mary Costigan, and in 1927, she was the second woman in the world granted a radio broadcasting license. And she was running this shit out of this hotel. She's our inspiration. Yeah, she's incredible. (laughs) (laughs) So she set up a 25-watt station named KFXY backstage in the Majestic Opera House originally, which is now known as the Orpheum. Cool. Which probably sounds familiar yeah, to does. some people. Yeah, And in 1929, she moved KFXY to the Monte Vista. And more than 400 residents showed up for the broadcast. What? Yeah. And it eventually became a 100-watt show that aired three hours a day in room 105 of the hotel. What? Yeah. Why aren't cool things like this anything anymore? I know. I just love that. And Me she's going to come into play later on, which is why I'm talking about her. Does she broadcast from the grave? She says, this is KFXY. I'm broadcasting from the Monte Vista. Mary. <laughs> Join me and Mary Costigan. We love you, Mary. <laughs> so, also... Incorporating into this hotel, there are underground tunnels in Flagstaff. Oh, Christ. (laughs) That's the bad part. They go from Northern Arizona University and through downtown Flagstaff. The Monte Vista is one of the businesses that has access to these tunnels still. I have the chills. Why? (laughs) What are they for? 
I'll, I'll tell you. Okay. So, there were rumors that... I will tell you, Kelsey. Listen, child. <laughs> there are rumors that Chinese immigrants built these tunnels. In the early 1900s, there was a big fire in downtown Flagstaff. This damaged buildings and Chinese migrant workers were blamed for the fire because of cooking and cleaning practices that oh. they had, which is really fucking awful and yeah. sad and racist. That's really horrible. Yeah. And... They began to use the underground systems to get around to basically stay out of, like, the public eye. That's horrible that they had to do that. Yeah. Oh, my God. How fucked up. Yeah. The tunnels are now used for storage, piping, and has also been known to contain some suspicious activity. Hmm. Drug activity? Yeah. (laughs) And way back in the day, bootlegging activity. Ooh. I think that's so interesting. They're shatters. (laughs) Yeah. Shatters in those tunnels. Yeah. I think that's so interesting. Speaking of bootlegging, bootlegging took place in the hotel. Mm. This was during the Prohibition era, which was from 1920 to 1933. And the cocktail lounge opened in the hotel during this time. (gasps) It was disguised as a newspaper publishing house. Shut up. Yes. There were rumors of a bootlegging operation and speakeasy. Fuck, I knew you were going to say speakeasy. <laughs> I know. I was waiting for it. Oh, my God. I think I had a past life back then because... How fucking cool. I have always been obsessed with speakeasies. Do you know there's a speakeasy near here? I brought Carson for his birthday. Really? It was so fucking cool. Not the one in Morristown, right? No. Where is it? It's in Tawako, New Jersey. <laughs> I've never you know, heard of it. <laughs> I've never heard of it, but we shall go. It's it was really fucking cool. Oh my god! Yeah, I'm so excited. You literally open up the door by pulling a book off of the shelf. <gasps> We're going. <laughs> We're going for my birthday. It was so cool, and like it's in the basement of like a restaurant. Oh my god! I'm obsessed. Yeah. Okay. Back to the story. Back to back to the speakeasy. <laughs> so in 1931, officers shut it down. But the speakeasy reopened in 1933 when the prohibition ended. Okay. So technically, it was kind of a speakeasy then, but, but kind of not. Kind of legal at that point. <laughs> yeah. They're like, oh, let's fun. just have at it. <laughs> so, fun fact the light on top of the hotel, which is still there, it's like the name and lights and stuff, and yeah. then there's a light, uh, doubled as an emergency signal in the 1930s. Oh. So it flashed to warn citizens and authorities of hazards or catastrophes. So oh. think Batman's spotlight Shut up. in the town of Gotham. Shut up. I'm going that to look at it. That was the Monte Vista's light. What? Yeah. Oh my god. How it's... cool. Wait, why have I seen this hotel before? It's I definitely know. in a movie or something. I as soon as I saw the name, I'm like, I fucking know this hotel, yeah. but I didn't know anything about it, so I don't know why I knew it. That's so weird. Yeah. So, some famous guests also stayed at the hotel, besides Mary Costigan, of course, who was the radio broadcaster mentioned earlier. Love you, Mary. Love you, Mary. There was Harry Truman. Oh, cool. Jane Russell, Gary Cooper, Spencer Tracy, John Wayne. <laughs> Commemorative <laughs> rifle. Commemorative rifle. <laughs> We should tell them the sto- that story at the end of the podcast. We should, okay. It's fucking funny. And you know what's weird? I mentioned um, 
Clint Eastwood in the last one. Yeah. And I mentioned John Wayne in this one, and my dad is obsessed both. with both of them. <laughs> so shout out, Dad. This is for you, Dad. You don't listen. <laughs> and Bing Crosby also stayed there, who's one of my favorite singers, like old time singers. I love Bing Crosby so much. Really? Yeah. Oh. I love him. You and have you ever heard White Christmas? Yeah. Bing Crosby. God, I don't know names. You're like fucking IMDb. <laughs> yeah, I love him. So, on to the ghost stories. Enough about Bing. There was the meat man. Oh, no. In room 220. Uh, why? Why did he get that nickname? <laughs> okay. So, he stayed long-term at the hotel, and he had very strange behaviors while he was living. He would hang raw meat from the chandelier in his room. No. Don't ask me why, because they didn't give that much detail. You know, I feel like it's not as weird as it sounds. My dad... <laughs> <laughs> this is just a episode about our dads. Dad, you're listening. He doesn't listen either. He, when he makes meat, he has to hang it in his garage. But why from the chandelier in a fucking hotel room? You know, not in a hotel. Ew, the meaty smell. Yeah. I'm like... Uh... Who knows who, how long that chandelier has been dusted last, like, who's Blech. been in that room. I mean, he was a long-term guest, but who was in there before you, and you're hanging meat on there? Not your place to hang meat. No. I don't know. Weird. So, in the early 1980s, he was found three days after he died in his room. My God. Yeah, they didn't really get into how he died, but he died in there. And shortly after his death, a maintenance worker was repairing things in the room. He left the room to grab a new fixture, turn the lights off, and lock the door when he left. When he came back in a few minutes later, the TV was on at full volume, mm. and linens on the bed were ripped off and thrown around the room. Ew. Yeah. So guests now report the TV to do things on its own, still. Like, whether it be the volume turning up really loud, or the TV going on and off, or, mm -hmm. like, changing channels, just, like, all different things. Uh, people have also reported, quote-unquote, cold male hands touching them in their sleep. How you would know they're male? I don't know. Maybe they're a little callousy or... Maybe they're a little rough. Big. <laughs> yeah. I don't, Ew. Even though women can have big hands, I've too. I've been touched I don't know. by a male hand. Yeah. In their sleep. And yeah. then coughing and other noises are also heard in the room. <laughs> Imagine yeah. being woken up by a cough that's not really there. All right, so then there's also the rocking chair in room 305. And this one kind of ties in with your chair thing. This Ew. is the one I was talking about. So an old woman stayed long-term at the hotel as well. And she would allegedly sit by the window for hours on end and no one knew really why or what she was looking at or whatever. But when she was living, this is what she would do. This is known as the most active room in the hotel. It has been featured in paranormal shows oh and all that. People, meaning guests and staff, have seen a woman in the rocking chair near the window. The chair moves by itself at times. And if a staff member moves the chair, like, to a different part of the room when they're cleaning, it'll be back by the window the next day. Like, literally dragged across the room and put back. Imagine staying in that room and waking up to the rocking chair facing the window. I don't like that. No. Yeah. And then, for whatever reason, people who stay in that room have also heard knocking inside the closet. Yeah. 
Which I find more terrifying than the rocking chair. Why are you locked why. in there? It's not Narnia. <laughs> Let me out, Ethel. <laughs> Ethel, I've been locked in here for years. It's been a hundred years. So, <laughs> in room 306, there is also the woman, or I'm sorry, the women of the night. So, A.K.A. Kelsey and I, circa New Year's Eve 2019. <laughs> <laughs> Listen back to a few episodes ago. Yes, we, we told the whole story. Of when we were the New women Year's Eve. Age. Yes. Flagstaff's red light district was two blocks from the Monte Vista way back when. In the early 1940s, two sex workers were brought to room 306, killed, and thrown from the third floor window. Oh my god. Yeah, that's absolutely horrifying and awful. Guests have reported waking up in the middle of the night feeling like they're being watched. Male guests have said they have the feeling of, quote-unquote, having hands placed over their mouths and throats and awakening unable to breathe. And that was a quote from HotelMonteVista.com, so their actual website. Why would they put that on the website? Because it's, like, a haunted attraction, too. But why? Ooh. Like, people go there and stay in those rooms specifically. Yeah. Oh, God. And the two women have also been seen in the pool hall and the lounge. No, thank you. Hanging. Just, just chilling. Yeah. Then there's the Phantom Bellboy. (laughs) you with this guy you will hear a knock at the door and a muffled voice saying room service oh my fucking god Mm -hmm. that's cool and no one is there when you open the door not even like walking away nothing like people said have said they've been right by the door have heard it opened it within like a second and there's no one there and there will be nobody there (laughs) and there shall be no room service (laughs) Some have seen the bellboy standing outside of room 210, which is also known as the Zane Gray room now. He was one of the people that donated to the hotel, if you remember. Oh, yes. And some have also seen a woman wandering the halls outside of room 210. John Wayne had experiences with the ghost during multiple stays. They were like, John Wayne's here. Everybody come out. (laughs) He had the room service experience at one time, and he, like, talked about it. Yeah. And he said the ghost seemed friendly, and he didn't feel threatened at all. Good. Mm-hmm. Housekeepers have had many experiences with the bellboy as well. One said they saw a young man walking up and down the halls, and he was in an old-fashioned red coat with brass buttons. Ew. Yep. And fun fact, the hotel does not put pets in room 210. Because dogs have destroyed it out of fear. Oh my god, that's the scariest part of a... (laughs) Just a little fun fact. Ew! Yeah. Because of how, like, scared they are from whatever's going on, they've literally destroyed the room. Oh my god. Like, from being left there during the day. (gasps) Or just, like, like, going crazy because they're just scared. Oh my god. So the next uh, spirit is Basement Baby. Oh, God. That was my screen name in 2003. Basement Baby 11. (laughs) Yeah. Not to make a joke out of it, but I just thought that'd be a funny name. (laughs) Basement Baby 2012. So, Basement Baby, this is a baby crying in the basement, and maintenance and laundry personnel have mostly heard this. Oh, God. Like, looking for a baby. And I don't know. I mean, there's no stories that I found anyway of a baby like dying down there but 
who knows if there was a woman who would go down there and With like do one yeah. yeah and it's just visiting yeah mm-hmm. yeah so there's also the dancing couple and this is a transparent couple dancing in the cocktail lounge they're dressed in formal clothing and they're laughing and smiling oh that's cute just having a grand old time i would love to see that mm-hmm. there is the bank robber <laughs> In 1970, three men robbed a bank nearby. One of the men was shot by the bank guard. Oh. And they decided to celebrate their steal with their friend bleeding. What the fuck? By stopping in the lounge for a drink at the hotel. As he's, like, bleeding out. Yeah. The man bled to death. Oh, shit. Yeah. Why wouldn't... I mean, I guess at that point he's, like... And then he's just, like... At that point he's, like, I can't go to the hospital. They'll catch me. Yeah, but they, they, like, said, too, he didn't even finish his drink. Like, that's how bad he was bleeding out. He oh got it. He didn't even get to finish his drink before he died. Ooh. Well, the alcohol definitely did not help that. Yeah. It, like, <laughs> sped, up, sped up the process. Yeah. yeah um, reports of a voice greeting people with a hello or good morning are said to have been heard. Bar stools and drinks move on their own. New. And there's a ghostly presence when drinking in the lounge. That's nice. Other experiences with spirit in the hotel include strange noises, moving furniture, apparitions, ghostly calls to the lobby telephone, (laughs) and items being knocked down. (laughs) Band music has been heard coming from the second floor lobby when there is no band. That's kind of cool. I picture, like, 1920s, you know? Yeah. Like, Like upbeat, upbeat like, jazz. Yeah. Yeah. Like, flapper music? Yeah. And guests are encouraged to communicate with the ghost if encountering any. The hotel's like, communicate with them. Yeah. They're also told to ask the staff for some stories because they have plenty of those. I wouldn't want to work in this place, though. Wouldn't? Mm -mm. No. And as per an article from 2016, Hotel Monte Vista was named the most haunted place in Arizona. I bet. Mm -hmm. Damn. And that is that we have to go visit these places i swear to god they're all so fucking good and scary i know and like i mean anything involving the devil though yeah no i'm out i'm out but cool places where you'll randomly see spirit or yeah historic like happy spirit yeah i'm down for that me too very down demonic things i feel like people associate any type of like mediumship and everything with like or spirit or spiritual like connection with like demonic devil things yeah which is not the case i feel like it's rarely the case yeah to be honest i've had very few experiences with that i don't know if i just protect myself well enough or not but i've had very very few experiences and the second i feel like something's off like that i don't even put myself in the situation remove yourself yeah yeah yeah. Well, that was fun. I liked that one for our spooky Halloween season. Me too. And before we uh, sign out, shall I tell the John Wayne commemorative rifle? Yeah. <laughs> okay, so basically, to make a long story short, it's really not that long of a story, my dad one year was on his computer looking online, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden, the computer... He's like, what the hell? And the computer, he showed us, it had, like, a virus type thing, but it was, like, it took a picture of him, (laughs) and it was just the top of his forehead in the picture, and it said, like, the FBI is tracking you, da-da-da-da-da, and it took a, it was clearly a virus. Yeah. 
but instead of getting his whole face because he had his computer tilted it was like his forehead and my mom's like what the hell were you looking at porn like on the computer yeah. and my dad's like no i was searching for a john wayne commemorative rifle <laughs> And he got fucking spammed yeah. and virus and pop-ups all over. Yeah, and it, like, ruined the computer because he was looking for a John Wayne commemorative <laughs> rifle online. So now I get shit for it all the yeah. time. Yeah, <laughs> and now, like, every birthday or around Christmas and stuff, we always get him John Wayne stuff, and we always just make the joke of the John Wayne commemorative <laughs> rifle. Breaking the computer. Yeah, like, ruining the freaking house computer oh. from searching for a John Wayne commemorative rifle. <laughs> And that's that. That's really funny, though. Yeah. So do we have anything else to add at the end of this episode? I don't know. Let us know if you guys like this episode, as always. Give us some suggestions of haunted places if you've ever been to one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think Send that's us it. your Halloween costumes. Yeah, I still want to see those, bitches. Yeah. Uh, wish okay. Kelsey and Carson a happy wedding day. Happily ever after. A happily ever after. <laughs> Till death do you part. Yeah. And all the good stuff. And all the good stuff in between. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and do the spiel. The spiel. You guys know the spiel. (laughs) (laughs) We have to say it every time, but you already know it, and you probably turn us off by now. Probably at this point, but go to our Facebook. That's where we have all of our pictures and resources from the episode. We'll put all of the Haunted House's pictures from today's episode there as well. Mm Mm-hmm. We also have our Instagram. You can check us out there. That's where we have our merch and we have just cool pictures. There's lots of Hocus Pocus pictures that Bryn's been putting up, which oh I'm my obsessed. God. <laughs> yeah. And they're really good. I love them. Yeah. Hocus Pocus and, um, yeah. Scream. Scream. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So check that out. And our highlights are always important because that's where we have, if you are like, wait, I don't want to listen back in the episode for the coffee they reviewed. But it's on there. We have all our coffee reviews in the highlights. We have all our cases in the highlights. Yeah, we have Pictures of the people in the highlights. I don't think we mentioned last time too, but we have our Instagram shop up too. So if you want to buy merch, you can just do it through Instagram. Yep. Super Connected convenient. to the site, Yeah. And we also, in our highlights, have a new little highlights tab that I added probably two episodes ago called Shoutouts. So any shoutouts we give in the episodes with podcast recommendations, movie show recommendations, anything like that, we put up in there. So you can go back and check that out so you don't have to listen to the whole episode again. Yeah. Or do if you really or like do. it. Or <laughs> do. Yeah. Or do, whatever. <laughs> yeah. And as always, please rate and review on Apple Podcasts. We appreciate it. It helps our little podcast to be seen. Yes. And we love you. Thank you guys. See you next week. Bye. Bye. regarding this case and our resources follow us at crime cults and coffee on instagram and facebook